The Last Time I Cried. Brought to you by AIA Vitality. Last week in part one of our chat with Dane, he opened up about losing his father in 2018. This week in part two, Dane describes what happened next. The mental health battles, addiction, and the cry for help earlier this year that finally set him on the right path. The last three months for myself have been, um, I'm not gonna lie, they've been bloody difficult. and I've experienced some really um, bad lows, um, and it's. I think. I think footy's. It's footy's been hard for me because I associated football uh, with my father, so it feels like a big chunk of my football life is is missing. The year that he died, every single game. I think for 16 weeks, every single game, I'd melt down on the the, the day before a game, and like. Sometimes my wife would have to drive down to the park to literally get me and take me home because I'd just have meltdowns. It was just something about game day that really triggered off. Like, I didn't want to play. Like, every week I didn't want to play. But I did, and I don't know, somehow, like, I I managed to have one of the best years of my career, and I don't know how. Because, like, I was literally getting to games just, like, emotionally drained, and, like, to play at the top level, you need to be... Everything needs to be firing. Yeah, I just didn't really ever want to be playing. Like, it just felt like something was missing and... There was. Yeah, yeah. So it was a big part of my footy life that wasn't there anymore. On your Thursday footy feed, back in black and white, Dane Beams returns to where it all began. I just felt like that the the best thing for myself and my family, as I said, was to to get back to Victoria. And I'm grateful that both clubs were able to come to an agreement and, and, you know, I've landed back at Collingwood. My heart's always been uh, at the pies. Beams, first time up against his old club. And from the set shot, he has nailed it. And they get around him. Well, we start with Collingwood and injured midfielder Dane Beams is taking indefinite leave from football to focus on his mental health. Beams has been open about his struggles in the past following the loss of his father. In a statement today, he says he needs to step away from football to regather himself, but he is confident he will be able to return and dedicate himself to footy once he has dealt with his health issues. Beams has been battling a hip injury and was already likely to miss the rest of the season. There's obviously a lot of speculation about me and my my future with footy and, you know, I don't even really think about it a whole lot. Like, I'm just enjoying the fact that I've, you know, I've been happy the last three or four months. Like, it's been, life's been really good for me. What do you want to do? At the moment, I'm just enjoying the fact that I'm, you know, getting out of bed every day, feeling good about myself and enjoying life because there was just, you know, there were stages where I didn't want to wake up. Like, I don't think people get mental health like it's just like you do things that it's not you like i've done things that you know i'm not proud of and i've just used it as a, as a mask to run away from the feelings and the pain that i was feeling and like i've actually started to deal with it and you know i've cut out all the things in in life that you know are just short-term fixes they're not things that can help you like that they, they might make you feel good for a day or two, but they're just band-aids. 
once they're ripped off, it's just the shit's still there. You know, you've got to be willing to do the work and you, know, you can roll your sleeves up and get dirty and try and you know, make your life better. And I learned this the hard way. It's got to be, it's got to be you that's got to do it. No one else can do it for you. When did you realise you had mental health issue, depression, and you were being affected? You had an inclination, might have been there, but you suppressed it, or did it all come at once? How did it manifest itself? You know, there was always signs probably before Dad that I was, you know, suffering from for some from some internal stuff. How did you feel that? Was it dark moods, depression, didn't want to leave the house, anxiety? Just the way like I was and the way I reacted to certain things. Yeah, I was quite I was always an anxious person. Um, really insecure about myself. I always compared myself to other people and I was like, oh, how come it hasn't happened to them? And I always like felt like I needed a male around the house. Like it was always that, you know, as a kid, like I remember it, like I was always scared. And you needed a protector. Yeah, I was, and that's why I think I just like, loved my dad so much and put him up there because like he was a male and like, you know, my mum did everything she could for us. Like she did gave us the best upbringing ever. And I'm not sitting here saying that that's not the case, but. I've done a lot of soul searching and reflecting over the last couple of years. And like, I remember as a kid, like sort of going around and every night I'd go around and like lock the doors and like I'd make sure everything was locked. And it makes sense as to why, like, you know, I was feeling the way I was feeling when, you know, things got, you know, tough. And I never spoke to anyone about it. Like I never, you know, never said to my mum that I was scared or anything like that. Like I just went along and just kept doing what I was doing. And, you know, you always hear parents say, on oh, crying stuff in front of your kids and it's like, why, why not? Like, I don't understand why, what's the big deal? Like, you know, if anything, it shows your kids that it's, it's all right to do that. Like, it's all right to feel certain emotions. And I always feel better when I cry. Like, mm. so I used to lie a lot about like how I was feeling. And because you're embarrassed how you were feeling? Being in a footy club for 12 years, like you're around a lot of big personalities and you kind of feel like you need to be like someone that you're not. Yeah, like it is hard for to go in there and be a you know shy, private person because you're in the public eye and probably you know, the AFL environment probably never suited me to be honest. Like it's not, and that's nothing against it because footy's been like unbelievable for me. When was your darkest day? Yeah, oh god, there was, there was, and I have like I had to think about whether I say this publicly, but I will. Um, no, there was there was a moment where um, I, think, yeah, I, don't, I can't even remember to be honest because I was actually concussed in the incident. But um, yeah, I, I, I crashed my car deliberately. In breaking news, Collingwood has confirmed that Dane Beams was involved in a motor vehicle accident yesterday afternoon. The Magpie star was admitted to hospital with minor injuries from the incident but remains in hospital. Police confirm Beams was the only person involved in the crash which has now been investigated. The midfielder has been on leave from Collingwood since he stepped away from the AFL indefinitely in December 2019 to deal with mental health issues. Um, it's not something that I've ever said publicly, but I didn't want it to be fatal, like I didn't want to die, but it was a cry, like it was a massive cry for help, like I needed help. Um, and I didn't really know what to do anymore. I didn't want to die, I didn't want to end my life. But it was, at the time, it was like the only thing. I, like I just didn't know how to get out of the shit that I was in. Like I feel like you need to hit rock bottom to, to go back up and 
for me, like that was that was the lowest I got. Um, the thought of like putting my kids and my wife through that just serious, like it makes me feel sick. Um, but it's just where I was at. Like I just didn't know what to do anymore. I didn't know where to turn. Like I just wanted someone to help me. Like and I don't know why I felt like that that was what I needed to do to do that. But it just was at the time. And I don't ever encourage anyone to do any of that because there's always someone willing to help. And I mean, there's other things that were going on that, you know, I'm not comfortable with sharing yet. Um, yeah, I just needed, yeah, some really serious help. And fortunately I got it and, you know, I'm in the best place I've been for the last sort of three years now. It's amazing when you're in a dark spot in the corner, what you'll do. I mean, deliberately crashing a car sounds so odd now, but at the time it obviously felt like yeah. the best thing you could do. I look at it now and think, why did I do that? Like, why? Like, the male suicide rates are just ridiculous. But, like, I know how you can get to that point. Like, I, I, like now reflecting on it and looking at it, it's just such a selfish thing to do. But at the time, like, that's how I was feeling. Hmm. I feel like I can control it now. But at the time, I feel like I felt like I didn't. And I guess that's why so many males take their lives because they just feel like that there's no other way out. Why do you reckon more males than females? Can't talk, just feel like you're embarrassed. Feeling like you're a pussy if you speak about this sort of stuff. Like it's, it's an old school way of thinking. I think now I think we're getting a lot better um, at being open and honest. And like it's still hard for me to talk about my emotions like with my wife now, I'm getting a lot better at it. My wife and I went through IVF and I said to Soph, do you want to tell people? And we ummed and ahed and we decided we would. And the more we spoke about it, the more people came and said, who are you seeing? Tell us what you've done because they were going through it. I mean, it's like, it was like a wall up, but we took a brick out and suddenly everyone was helping us take the bricks out and it was coming down and easier to get through. I feel like that's the same with you, know, you and the more you talk, the better it is for you, but the better it is for everyone because it allows them to have the conversation. Like, I think it's so powerful for other people. Um, you know, everything that I do now, like um, with my business is around connection. It's amazing. Like all the people start actually talking about really deep things just because I think I've opened myself up yeah. and it just allows others, it gives people the invitation to you know, share some things that they may not have shared before I've spoken. Are you better now at getting yourself through your dark days? and had all these good things to be happy about, but I just wasn't happy. Now I live on a really simple motto of, like, I, I just live day by day. I try and surround myself with positivity now. Like, I, um, yeah, I listen to a lot of positive people um, speaking in podcasts. Like, you know, I love just hearing people's positivity, even if it's over the top. It's just, it's just it just rubs off on people. Mm. Um, Infectious. Yeah, like, they, they always say, like, do something for someone else. It always makes you feel better, and it's so true. Healing yourself through healing others. Yeah. You know, I get a lot of people reach out to me and I always, the first thing I always say to them is like, try and do something for someone else, even if it's your family, your partner, do something for them because it'll instantly make you feel better. I instantly sort of bonded with other players that came out. Tom Boy, like I used to sort of, every now and then, like I'd chat to Tom, like just through Instagram, send him a message. So you just connect with other people that sort of open up and let themselves like be vulnerable. Um, so I think that's why people connect with me because like I am so public about it all and people probably get sick of the fact that I'm public about it, but you know, I'm not gonna stop because I know I help people. Yeah. To know that I can have an impact on you know, someone's life 
it's honestly, it's better than anything I did on a football field. Like, you know, running out in front of 100,000 people or helping someone, I'll take helping someone every day of the week. You spoke about things you wish you hadn't done to try and mask the pain. Can you share any of the things you regret doing? Oh, look, I just, you know, there was don't, a lot. Don't say anything that you don't want to, but is there anything that people could watch would think, I'm doing that too? There's a lot of things that aren't true um, that have been said about me. There's no doubt I had some addiction issues. And you know, like there'll be a time when I go into them and try and help people in depth, but at the moment, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm clean. Um, and the only reason I, like, I'm, I'm saying this right now is because I know that there's a lot of people out there that are masking their pain with, whether it's gambling, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, they're masking in some way. And, you know, I'm living proof that it, uh, it just doesn't help. It, it just puts you further and further back. I look back at this, the mistakes that I've made and they're gonna shape the person that I am moving forward. You know, I've put people through a lot of discomfort and pain and oh, I'm not gonna just sweep it under the carpet and act like it didn't happen, it happened. Um, and I'm gonna own that and take responsibility for it, but at the same time, I'm gonna learn from it. And the person that I am moving forward, you know, is gonna be someone that people can look up to. Better husband, better father. Yeah, and that's the main thing. Yeah, I'd just advise you all just to sort of, if there's a pattern developing, just to sort of get the help now, get it now, because, um, yeah, you'll, you'll live a long and happy life. Like, it'd be a bit of short-term pain for long-term gain. And, I, and and for me, like, I see it, like, it was so hard at the start. Um, but like I say to them, it just keep, it'll just keep getting easier and easier, and that's why sort of I live by my day-by-day thing. Like, it's just you know, every day is easier, and every day that you don't do any sort of destructive behaviour is a step in the right direction. We're all learning and we've all got issues. And you speaking has been enormous. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks everybody for listening to The Last Time I Cried, brought to you by AIA Vitality. Really hope you enjoyed it. Just make sure you subscribe to the feed to ensure you don't miss any more great stories. If you are thinking about suicide or experiencing a personal crisis, please call Lifeline on 13114.